Rangers Conference foes was hosted at Berkeley this year in the battle between Stanford and Cal. The two Pac-12 rivals relished the opportunity to outdo each other on the gridiron in the series dating back to 1892, a mere 400 years before Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Both teams came into the big game, brouhaha, bearing 3-7 and seven records, hoping they could clip their rival to salvage some sort of soothing for the season gone sideways by stealing the Stanford Axe for their own. The Cardinal corralled the opening kick and carved the Cal defense with a 42-yard run and converted it into an early 7-0 lead. The Bears bit back and found a field goal to cut the Cardinal lead down the 7-3. Stanford slid back down the field and slotted a Joshua Cardi kick to take a 10-3 lead. Cal then found another field goal, tightening the tussle to 10-6. After the half, the Cardinal came out with a cleverly crafted 11-play drive to take a 17-6 lead. Stanford seemed to have a stranglehold on the Stanford Axe, but there was nearly a quarter and a half of game time left. Cal couldn't muster any muscle to marshal the ball anywhere, and the third quarter came to a close. However, the Bears bullied the Cards to punt the pigskin back to them at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Cal quickly questioned the Cardinal defense and defiantly darted for a score, slicing the Stanford supremacy down to 17-12. On the next Cardinal drive, the Bears blasted the ball carrier who coughed up the oblong oval and Cal collected it, carrying it back for a touchdown to take the lead 18-17. Then Cal calmly converted a two-point conversion to stretch their advantage to 2017. The Bears were ahead for the first time in the contest, but carelessly threw an interception to keep the Cardinal chances alive. However, the Bears' defense was determined to deny any endeavor by Stanford and shot in front of a Stanford pass, intercepting it, running it back deep into Cardinal territory. Cal converted the interception into a touchdown on a daring dive of the defenders into the end zone to stretch the lead to 27-17. Stanford settled for a 61-yard cardi kick to slice the Cal lead to seven as the clock expired. The crazed Cal crowd stormed the field and carried off their captain after their victory in the big game. Cal 27, Stanford 20. Welcome everyone to the Sickos Community Podcast. This is our recap of week 12 of college football. As always... I'm Jordan, I'm the VP of CFL tonight, and with me as always is the commissioner and our special guest, Beth. Beth, how was your weekend? My weekend was kind of bonkers. I was I was a musician this weekend, so I didn't get to watch much football, and I am really excited to find out what happened. So did you did, have you heard about the West Virginia game? Like, do you know anything about it? I know that my dad didn't want to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> That's okay. usually a bad sign. <laughs> Uh, Kamish, how was your weekend? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Did did a lot of you know college football watching, of course. Today was just a madhouse, just trying to get like everything. I, I never realized how how many clothes you have to go through when it's actually cold. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of layers. So it's just like extra loads of laundry I was not ready for. And then there was the case of my missing pants. So I, apparently, like I have like some like lined pants that are not jeans, and I, I've lost them for a week couldn't mm-hmm. find them at all and so i was like well i guess they're somewhere in the laundry so i did all the laundry and the pants were still missing i'm like how do you just lose pants like i i don't go anywhere where you know the pants would go missing so just baffled like for like three or four hours trying to search to find these pants apparently it fell in like uh, a crevice of our our bed and like the the uh <laughs> the headboard which is in this weird in between like the comforter and like i had no idea i could get there but the pants have been found so uh crisis averted i have to ask as the resident northerner on this podcast right now what does cold weather attire look like for my texan friends jordan you don't count you went to school in new england <laughs> okay but the, but, the, but the funny thing is that i in New England, I I really wasn't super conscious about like what I wore because I would just wear jeans no matter what. I didn't really think about long thermals or whatever. 
I was stupid and young, but nowadays, like I need a little more. So we went out to my kiddo had soccer on Saturday morning and it was, it was like in the thirties feels like in the high twenties. So it was, it was cold. And so I went out there. I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm warm. And so I wore, I think every piece of cold weather clothing I have, like a beanie and the gloves and like a hoodie with like a big down jacket over it and whatever. And I'm sitting out there like in my camper chair with my Yeti of coffee trying to like cheer my kid on like good job go yeah it's great <laughs> that's spectacular i mean i think it hit like maybe in san antonio i've, I've been the southerner my whole life i think the the most i've i've lived north like I, i've visited like north in, in the winter and, and, and whatnot but like the most i lived north was like monroe louisiana so that that was basically the most i've ever stayed in uh a city that was north was was north louisiana so uh, mm-hmm. yeah really Honestly, it was just like, you know, I would wear just like normal pants that are just like lined. Like I, I'm not wearing jeans. I don't, I don't unless I have to. And then, I mean, really just a long sleeve shirt. Um, and then like a pretty, like, not like a thick jacket, but something that, that wind doesn't penetrate. And then it, with the optional hood if necessary, but really it wasn't too bad. The only problem was it was rainy here. So it's yeah. like that cold damp. It wasn't, you know, incredibly cold, but it's just like, you know, you're wearing pants, you, you got uh, maybe one or two additional layers, and then you you only have like so many coats. So you got to wash all those or, you know, don't want to wear the same jacket over and over again. Right. So something more like the bedraggled pictures that I was sending you guys when I was at the West Virginia rain games this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Of all the things I did pick up in college in the Northeast, the girl I dated senior year who was very posh New York, she got me into wearing scarves and pea coats, like long, like double breasted coats. And so the coat thing is sort of stuck with me, but my scarf collection is insane. I have like you count the soccer. Okay, so I have soccer scarves. Like I collect those at least two dozen soccer scarves like that's separate but like my scarf collection my usable scarf collection is 30 pieces at this point and i've got things from you know i have like the traditional stripey scarves i have a burberry scarf that is like the the prize of my collection i have i my kids when i used to teach my kids would make fun of me because after after a while they started learning the different knots and scarf knots do the little parisian wrap where you tuck it in and got the double wrap of different scarves have different wraps the braid wrap yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. got all those things yeah whenever it's even like slightly breezy out i will wear okay so i i I am a shorts and hoodie kind of guy i wear sandal shorts and a hoodie like like if it gets below 50 like that's just what i wear so you're a pennsylvania college student at all times at all times basically yeah uh and so i will wear a scarf with that so you know knit shorts sandals but the top is a hoodie hood up with a scarf tucked in. That's I, amazing. I explain, yeah, I can't explain it. Sometimes I, I'll sometimes I'll sleep with a scarf on if I'm feeling super cozy. What? I'll, wear, I'll sleep with a scarf on. And my wife's like, you're going to choke yourself to death at night. You're going to die. Asphyxiate yourself. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have never worn a scarf in my life. Like, get you a scarf. I've, I've, get you I've, a scarf. I have scarves. I have okay. like, you know, soccer scarves. I have like, uh, I guess like a full cast scarf. I mean, I don't, I don't think my neck ever gets that cold. See, I just, the po- but I'm not up north, so. The the misconception about scarf is that the scarf is all about neck warmth. It's not. Like, a properly wrapped sh- scarf will keep your whole chest warm, which mm. is, like, that's the thing. It covers the seam of the coat. So if you have yeah, you got, like, you, so penetration. You the, that's, why, that's why you do the, the wrap where you tuck it in. Yep. Because then you Absolutely. get this whole part warm. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, man. This is I, a... I can't I can't tie a tie for shit. I don't know my knots. My, my I, I tie every time I tie a tie, it's like a 
shitty half Windsor. I don't do that. But my scarf tying, fucking on point. Like, I don't, I don't, this is just like a foreign language to me. I mean, I'm just, again, the most North that I've ever been is <laughs> like North Louisiana. So, I mean, I've been like just basically hanging out on I-10 my entire mm-hmm. life, essentially. So, yeah, this is just a foreign language to me. Listen, when we get you guys up to a couple of West Virginia games, oh, I God. will I will have scarves for you and we can do like scarf lessons. Jordan, I will work I'll work on a full Windsor with the scarf. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of some cold weather stuff this week, this was this was the cold weather weekend of college football. The first shot I want to give is uh it's 9:18 Central on 11:20 and the CFL Great Cup Championship just finished. Chad Kelly, CFL champion with the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> He came in, Argonauts QB was injured, and led them to the win. I was super impressed. Argos disrupt Winnipeg's attempted three-peat. It was a great game. It was a really good game. It was a lot of fun. I I, I think I may have jinxed the uh, Blue Bomber, so I apologize to all the folks in Winnipeg. I, I went to go you know, put the kiddo to bed, and, and the last thing I saw, I believe Winnipeg was up 23-14. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, it looks like Winnipeg's going to win. And so I, I walked away and I, I typed it in the Discord. And then uh, it, it turns out that uh, the commission may have jinxed the Blue Bombers, may have may have stopped the the Blue Bombers dynasty in its track. But no, it was mostly Swag Kelly from, from Ole Miss uh, winning an Ole Miss quarterback, <laughs> winning like a championship. championship. Uh, I think one of our, our fo- people we follow podcast just said that it feels like a, a joke that he wrote five years ago. Chad mm-hmm. Kelly, CFL champion. If I was, if I asked you whether or not Chad Kelly or Dr. Bo was going to get a great cup championship first, where would you have stood on that prior to this? Oh, it would have been Dr. Bo. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Dr. Bo would have had, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, Dr. Bo for sure. I thought, I thought Chad Kelly would, would bounce around the NFL a little bit longer, which he kind of did, but he didn't, he never like stuck anywhere, which I thought he was going to stick. And then he, he just wound up in the, I mean, I feel like they just signed him like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was a super weird signing and everyone was like, well, that's bizarre. He hadn't played football in like a year or two anyways. Yeah. <laughs> like the Canadian Kurt Warner. Yeah, basically. Uh huh. Chad Kelly stocking groceries uh, at a at a Canadian grocery store. <laughs> you just found him there. Just he, all- was behind, he was behind a stack of Weetabix. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> Jeez, a deep cut, deep cut for our Canadian our Canadian followers. So, like this podcast likes to do, I want to talk about the playoffs. You know, we talk about the playoffs every week in here. We talk about those playoffs. We talk about the big names of the playoffs, and this week. We helped you figure it out who the FCS playoffs were going to be. Guys, I want to say that North Dakota State ranked overall third seems super high. I'm just going to say that that was, for me, the biggest thing. Uh, overall, top seeds were number one, South Dakota State. Number two, Sacramento State, the Hornets, which have had a great year. And number three, North Dakota State with two losses. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And then Montana State was four. Which I think they should have been higher than North Dakota State. Especially after they absolutely pasted Montana this weekend. Is there a reason that they did that to maybe make sure that the one and three and the two and four can't meet in the same side of the bracket or something of that nature? You think they probably did something of that? It may have been. It just, that, that to me just feels really wonky in terms of without, without thinking about the geographicness of it. It just feels very wonky because North Dakota State, I don't even know that they should have been in the top four. They've had a they've had a year. They lost to Arizona. Remember, that was our big like moment at the beginning of the year. They went to Arizona and lost. We thought 
Well, I mean, Jetfish does have Arizona on a much better track, but still. Uh, other big things. We're looking at two Patriot League teams in the FCS playoffs. Holy Cross and the Fordham Rams. Ramley. Yes. Hashtag Ramley. Fordham got in. I was worried that they weren't going to get in. And that, that was the one that I, I thought was on the bubble for sure. And I'm glad I, I'm glad Fordham got in because, I mean, they are just incredibly entertaining. Just throw the ball everywhere. And, I I mean, they only had two losses this year. so And they lost to what? Holy Cross and they lost to Ohio, the Bobcats? That's it. Yep. So they deserve to, to get in. It's it's nice to see that, you know, that the playoff isn't so sunk in the North Dakota bias that they can't let in, you know, a plucky metropolitan team like Fordham. Is that, exactly. New York's one true team. Yeah. That's right. So they said that in the first round, they work off of regionalness. They try to keep <laughs> the regionals together. Okay. In the first round, they try to keep schools nearby. And you look at some of these and you're going, that makes sense. Uh, things like, for example... New Hampshire is playing Fordham. Delaware is playing St. Francis out of Pennsylvania. Great. And then Southeastern Louisiana in Hammond, the Daiquiri Cats. They are hosting the Idaho Vandals. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're sending Idaho back to their Sunbelt roots. Hell when, yeah, when, back in the Sunbelt, baby. <laughs> when Idaho had to play in Monroe and Idaho Ooh. had to play in Lafayette. So... I think Idaho's familiar with the state of Louisiana. They've never had flashbacks, to play. Flashbacks, God. <laughs> Sunbelt yep. flashbacks for Coach Eck and the Vandals. Oh, that's not a welcome back. That's a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the Idaho fans to show up drinking all those $5 daiquiris and just having the time of their life. I mean, fly into New Orleans, enjoy New Orleans Vandals fans. I mean, Hammond's about an hour drive away. I mean, depending on the traffic, of course. But, I mean, really, live it up there. Don't stay in Hammond. There's really nothing to do. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a hol- there's a Holiday Inn there. I've, I've seen it at okay. Holiday Inn there before, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can stay in Baton Rouge, too, because, I mean, Baton Rouge is, like, maybe, like, 30, 40 minutes, yeah. 45 minutes away, too. So, either one you want to stay in, it would be a perfect time. And then, again, $5 daiquiris at the, you know, southeastern Louisiana game. I'm sure, like, whatever the temperature is. In Idaho, it'll be balmy for you, no matter what yeah. it is in Louisiana. I really need to get back to Louisiana. How did you guys deal with Twitter about to die this week? Because it was a Thursday when everyone started panicking? Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah, it was Thursday night. So, I mean, there was a lot of news that was coming out saying Twitter was about to die. There's there's nobody working. They locked everybody out. All the badgers were locked out. And, I mean, being the sickos committee, we're like, you know, we, we, we just keep earning these followers on Twitter. So... Like I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, okay, uh, we have an Instagram, we have, you know, a subreddit, we have a podcast, we have a Substack, we have. I created a Mastodon. I don't even know what, yeah, fuck, where, I where it is. Mastodon's doing, I don't yeah. even, I don't even know what server it's what on. Servers your Mastodon it's, on? It's These some, fucking words I don't understand. I, I, Hello, I, fellow I kids. I was trying to figure it out. Just as like, <laughs> okay, it's going down. I mean, the only thing that was kind of keeping me relatively calm was just Tulane taking it out on smu yeah we may or may not have made a secret new sickos discord maybe maybe. who can say say. we have we have that we've got we were setting things up i i was i was shit posting being like okay what's everyone's ICQ? guys we're going to icq now i'll get a server going we got it oh the amount of fiddling while rome burned that you were doing jordan was just exquisite commission commission was doing the real work and i'm just sitting there shit posting back where's your friendster guys let's get on myspace If you don't have a five-digit ICQ number, are you even real? Are you even real? 
I was like, do I need to set up like a sickos committee Snapchat? How do I do this? Uh, like, I was like, we all, like, re- all realize that even our, even our youngest people are too old for TikTok. I was just like, no, yeah. we can't, we can't do a sickos TikTok. Like, I can't, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, we gained a good bit of followers on Instagram, but it's, it's weird. I, I'm trying to like tweet, but use like the stories as tweets, which they disappear after 24 hours, which is great for me because I, you know, normally on game day, all these tweets that, that we tweet, I, I kind of like, oh my God, who, what happened? I wake up the next day. It's just a blur. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about maybe doing a Tumblr. Yeah. Just throw it out there. All my furry poster finally got a place to go. <laughs> I'm here for when we decide to open up a live journal. Uh-huh. Got a Zynga. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Loved a Zynga. <laughs> Someone, one of our followers did a great thing where they posted uh, like the old front page of AOL that had all the categories, but then subbed one of them out for Sticko's Committee. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Absolutely killed me. Yeah, like if you go into the AOL chat rooms under the social pattern right between the forest and the Red Dragon Inn, we were going to put the Sticko's Committee. Yeah, that's what be right there. Geocities.com slash Coliseum slash 1379 is my Geocities address. Sign my address book. I just um, figured out the code that turns your cursor into the Sickos Committee head. It'll be great. Yeah. Got a MIDI file. I got a MIDI file of the Wisconsin fight song playing in the background, too. Yeah. The entire board is just the hamster dance, only instead of the hamsters, it's just like <laughs> Lane Kiffin making a face. <laughs> so we're going to remake the peanut butter jelly time video. It's like a Sickos guy and, and just mm-hmm. saying yes, haha, yes, the whole time. I, I told it. you, I'm going to open it. We're going back to Usenet, baby. <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. Do the dancing baby, but it's big red. Uh-huh. Exactly right. That's <laughs> it. Perfect. No, we are I'm... going to Yeah, guys, we once once this is this is our this is our plan to be backwards compatible over the, the entirety of the internet. The problem we're running into is that I forget who posted it, but it's the idea that we need something for people who are ugly like me. I can't <laughs> have video. I'm not attractive enough for video, guys, or pictures. I need text. Text is how I survive. Mm-hmm. Don't put me on video, guys. I'm not. I don't have a video face. I'm. A, I have a text face. That's why oh, they make filters. It's, you get filters like you could put the sicko face filter on Instagram. We'll, we'll, there we'll we go. That on on Snapchat, sicko filters. Uh, I did want to talk about the Tulane game though because Tulane had lost seven straight to SMU, which you know, in heartbreaking fashion, there was the the one where. They said that he was short of the goal line. Banks was in. The, the call went against them. And then, you know, Tulane wound up not being bowl eligible because of that. They've lost, like, some heartbreaking, like, last-minute SMU games. And it feels like they just took everything, all, like, the seven years of frustration it and was just let it all out. brutal. It was brutal. Tulane 59, SMU 24. I think my favorite was when SMU was down uh, 56-14. <laughs> SMU was like SMU was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna kick a field goal. Uh, so it's fifty six seventeen, and then Tulane Tulane drove down and kicked the field goal to make it like fifty nine, and then I think SMU scored like as the clock expired or it was like two seconds left or whatever. It, it was it was ridiculous. So uh, let me let me see if I can do my my dad's Tulane updates again. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, these checks are great. So these are these are a lot of fun. He was just like Wave versus Bearcats next, Alamo Bowl. Laugh out loud. I was so, I, so so I respond back to like maybe uh, a potential New Year's Six Bowl. They <laughs> finally beat SMU, and he goes, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's it." 
that, that, and that's my dad's Tulane text updates. So SMU had 500 yards. Tulane had 450 on only half as many plays. Tulane only ran 66 plays. SMU ran SMU ran 111 plays to Tulane 66. That's insane. Well, I mean, SMU did turn the ball over five times, so that'll do it. Yeah, that'll oh definitely do it. So Tulane is now in the AC, AAC title game. No, uh, so they're nine and two. They go to play on Black Friday at Cincy. Uh, the winner of Cincy and Tulane gets a spot in the American. Some weird stuff happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, definitely with UCF and, and Cincy and Tulane, there's there's a little bit of a weird tiebreaker we can get to a little bit later. I love when game day goes to fun places. And this week, they went to Bozeman. It was, I don't usually watch all of game day for a lot of reasons. I watched all of game day. Because it had some amazing moments. My favorite part was they always have that little bit of like game day before game day starts where they cut in during like early sports center and they're like, hey, how's it going? Game day setting up. And Kirk looks so cold and so sad. At It was dark. It was negative three. It, he looked someone called to say he looked like Ohio State Jones. It was great. He looked... The layers were wonderful. Apparently the hat was, his wife dressed him. So the hat was part of that. It was great. But man, that early morning bit, he looked so cold and miserable. That picture is just breathtakingly funny. <laughs> I, I, went, I went through a whole bunch of screenshots trying to find the perfect one. And that was like the best, oh God, what am I doing moment. Oh yeah, that, that's like, wait a minute, the show is how long? I have to mm-hmm. be out here how long? It doesn't get warmer? No, it really didn't warm up for them whatsoever, honestly. It, it it got like warmer once the sun came out, but really not much. I think the high in, in Bozeman was only like 26. It, if, it was funny to me. I, again, I would be incredibly cold there too. I, I would be doing everything that that, that Kirk was doing. Uh, it, it was just really kind of like like Kirk was, was seemingly the one that was faring the worst out of everybody there. Like Reese was hanging in well. Corso was fine. Corso was great. I, I we were happy to have Corso back. He was living it up. Like Corso was loving this. He the was having quote, a blast. The out best there. quote was, "We'll go wherever Disney sends us." <laughs> Desmond lives in Miami. I can't imagine going from Miami to Montana. So I mean, it was ridiculous. Kirk, Kirk was just basically he had hand warmers on the set. All I like, I just kept seeing him having two hand warmers in his hands the whole time. Uh, Kirk's mic froze. <laughs> he had to use like a hand mic, and then like there were they there was a cutaway for him at the commercial. Like somebody came up, and then he had his shoes off, and it was like two like people that that work on the show, like staffers, like ladies were like just putting like uh, foot warmers all over his feet. I don't know if like his feet were iced over, but I, we didn't see anything else for anybody else. It was just Kirk, and I wonder if Kirk maybe thought about maybe I should have been, you know, in, in Clemson for my. My son's senior day instead of Montana. I wonder if that ran through his head. I will note the lack of a properly wrapped scarf. And I'm not going to say that's why he was so cold, but listen. No, oh, we're talking about scarves again. Like those kinds of gaps are just unacceptable. Now, a shout out, by the way, to Falca, who did not care about what he like was like, I'm going to be warm no matter what. He had a beanie from his mother-in-law and like the biggest, like puffiest jacket you've ever seen. 
It was just I mean, not trying. Like, not these guys are all trying to look sharp and dapper. Falco was like, no, I'm cold. Fuck it. Bear, bear. I told you, bear would have a puffy coat with like a little yep. fur line mm-hmm. <laughs> hood. I knew he would do it. He didn't care. He was. I mean, they put them all on the set. It was fun. Like they're all on like outside on the set. Like you know like the turf yeah. set and it's just you could just see everybody i think uh mcafee he was like dancing because he was cold you could just see him like going back and forth just shuffling to try to stay warm <laughs> it, it was it was amazing i mean they had what mcafee wrestled a, a cow to the ground yeah uh, a steer uh the, the, with the with the montana state rodeo team yeah yeah the the famous uh you know rodeo clown they had there he he like lassoed a mechanical bull, and then he hit the gritty after that, which it was, was great, just yeah. amazing. That feels about right. <laughs> they were they they had so much fun, and the the crowd was great. And they said that this was they're down to only I think nine states left where they haven't gone to game day, and some of those I was kind of surprised about. So apparently they've never done game day in Hawaii, which even through all like the good Hawaii years, I assumed they would have done it. But it is like a that would be like a three a.m. start for game day, which is rough. <laughs> which, is, which is a which is a rough go. It'd be it'd be a little rough there. Uh, it, it definitely. I don't I don't know how yeah. many Hawaii fans would be out there. A, a lot of them, like the New England ones surprised me. Like they've never been to. I mean, like what is it, Maine? Uh, haven't, been to Ma- said- haven't been to Maine. They haven't been to Vermont. Vermont has a problem. They don't have a D one football team, but they do have yeah. T three teams. Yes. Nor- Norwich plays a couple of uh, Norwich and Middlebury are both like teams they could go to if they wanted to. They had been to Wy- they hadn't been to Wyoming, which was a shocker. What do we need to do to put game day on top of Mount Washington? With just the wind blasting through. God. So the roughest one we realized was that Alaska, there is no college football in Alaska. And so that means that they got to go to Barrow High School. And I volunteered us. I volunteered us. I said, we do it. We call it game day. We do the whole thing. Send us to Barrow, Alaska for a home game. We'll go. Oh, absolutely. We could get like 15 of us to go. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. We'll be the whole crew. You don't need to send a crew. Just give us equipment. Yeah, that's fine. We'll just do it ourselves. It's fine. I also, filmed a documentary in Palestine with a backpack. I got this. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have we this experience. See. All right. I, I probably will need a scarf for that trip. I'm just going to say. You might that. need a scarf okay. for that trip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and we're going to have to get you more proficient with firearms because polar bears do show up to those games and apparently at the Barrow games, okay. uh, folks sit on top of the visit on top of the visiting team buses to holler if polar bears start showing up. Okay. That's like a, a spotter job they have. So yeah. All right. Bears, cold. I got this. Head yeah, on wait a second. Yeah, no, actually, Beth Beth is actually probably our our most qualified person for all of this. Don't we yes. gotta take she's Beth. she's way yeah. more rugged than you or I, my friend. As your certified <laughs> as your certified Hilljack correspondent, I am here for you. <laughs> gotta take the mountaineer with us. I'm I'm a fucking fancy lad compared to Beth. <laughs> Good God. I would definitely be out of my element. Get me in the swamps. I'm fine. Out, out in the desert a little bit. I'm, I'm fine here in San Antonio in the heat. But like, you put me in in Barrow, Alaska. I, I'm gonna need some help. I'm just gonna say that. We've got you. This is why we're a committee. That's exactly. right. We need all the people. <laughs> Let's get into some of our games. There was in the early hour, early hours, some really weird ones where we had teams that barely hung on for dear life. I'm going to start with Michigan 19, Illinois 17. I'm sorry, what? Right. So Illinois' defense showed up. Michigan was down 17-10 going into the fourth and crawled back. It was a bonkers game. It was real close the whole time. Illinois looked really good. And their defense looked 
really good. Basically, the run game, Michigan's run game got stopped up. Blake Corum went down. I haven't heard if he's hurt, hurt or not hurt. I mean, he came back in the second half. I don't think he he was riding a bike. He was still in uniform, so I don't know what it is. He was delivering turkeys to, even with his NIL money, he was delivering the turkeys to people, residents of Ann Arbor today, what I saw. And they asked him about the knee. He was like, he was like, it's fine. But like, I mean, everybody was like watching him deliver turkeys and make sure he wasn't limping. It's just classic Ann Arbor. That, honestly, this was like one of those Saturdays where you just needed to survive somehow. Yeah. And, and Michigan was was one of those that, that was able to survive. You know, like the top teams were, were facing. I feel like this is the fun part for me. Like the SEC is scheduling like light this week. And then, like, every other conference is just playing somebody ridiculously hard inside their conference. And it's just like the SEC is like, I mean, they still play all their teams in conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still do all that stuff. But they they have, like, a de facto um, bye week, essentially, with it, the SoCon Challenge. And, and like, no other conference has adapted to this method. Like, they could have done this. Like, they could have just shuffled some of their non-con games. Oh, yeah, they could do this. They could all do this, but they choose not to. And and this is what happens. So then we had a game that I watched all of. TCU 29, Baylor 28. How much fucking around is TCU going to have to do before the finding out occurs? You know what? I thought this was it. This was it because TCU looked like they were against the wall the whole game. At, at no point did TCU look like they had this thing under control. And then the stupidest thing I have ever seen happened at the very end. Kamish, can you find a video of the last bit of that, of the Baylor T- of TCU game? Cause I need oh, Beth to watch this in real time. You need, you need, you need like the, the most popular tweet we had yesterday. <laughs> yes. I need that. Okay. Let me see if, if the video has been pulled down. Oh, no, that's right. Copyright. Twitter copyright is, is working okay. again. It's, it, Twitter copyright sometimes works, but not always. There you go. It was our most popular tweet. Just enjoy this. I'm sure Beth will probably see the headline. Okay, so <laughs> so before, before you start it, Beth, let me tell you. Okay. TCU is down by two, 26-28 with 13 seconds left. They are in field goal range. And instead of stopping the clock before their field goal, They run the ball. Oh, my. And the clock's running. Okay? Now hit play. You can see what happens. So they just ran the ball. Yes. Okay. What? (laughs) I have never seen anything that bonkers before. My heart was just about to go out of its chest. It's like the entire team. (laughs) Yep. And at the end, they go talk to Sonny Dykes. And Sonny Dykes says, yeah, we practice this every week. What? Every Thursday. Apparently, every Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. they do the fire drill field goal every Thursday. And honestly, I I mean, I can't remember the last time a fire drill field goal worked. Like, on Twitter, somebody said it was, like, something that happened in 2010. Oh, yeah. uh, That was the last time this worked. I remember last year, Steve Adazio tried this when he didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Like, they had more time, and then it failed. And then, yeah, this... (laughs) This is usually a recipe for, assuming you even get the thing off, that it's going to be in the strength coach in the side of the head. Like, that no one, that no one jumps off sides. They actually no manage to get everybody off. Like, they, off the they, field. they don't get the substitution penalty. Like, that's, 
Wow. So apparently the key here is that the last, when a game is this close and at the very end of the game, one of the rules is that you can't slow substitute on defense. Oh, I didn't you know that. Just, so because the rule says it's assumed that they're going to try a field goal. There is no substitution role. You just have, you should know that you should be ready for this. Okay. And so that's what stopped Baylor from doing a slow substitution and blowing and running the clock out. That makes sense. Cause part of me was like, Baylor's really playing along with this. That's suicidal. Watching that happen live. I saw them run the ball and I was just like, what the, I, I didn't know what was going on because it made no sense. And, and watching uh, Griffin Cal, the field goal kicker, almost not even stop to take a breath before he kicks it. He almost walks onto the field and just walks straight into the kick. It's bizarre. Yeah. Anyways, TCU, TCU has yet to find out and will continue to fuck around until further notice. Who are they fucking around with next week? Iowa State. Iowa, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Iowa State in Fort Worth. Okay. It, one thing is like people always ask is like, is is Sicko's a bad team? Like, is there a is it always have to be a bad team? I was like, well, you want to know how a good team could be Sicko's? Here you go. It's TCU, mm-hmm. all right? <laughs> because again, the whole thing is like, are you this guy with the, the hands on the windows going yes, <laughs> yes, as mm-hmm. they're running a fire drill field goal for the win and hitting it? And the funny part for me is that they kicked it on like the hill where there's nothing but a bunch of TCU fans. Mm-hmm. And so like it goes into like the TCU crowd and you could see all the TCU fans go bonkers in Baylor stadium, just celebrating the field goal going off. And I mean like the crowd shots, uh, like the crowd videos you get after like on social media, it's it just amazing. But again, a good team oh, know, absolutely. undefeated can still be sickos. And this is mm-hmm. definitely this yep. is definitely one of them. I mean, the, a great litmus test for that is if both the winning team and the losing team in this case are looking at it and going, wow, that was just absolute bullshit. <laughs> yes. That's, <laughs> that, you know what? That is, a, that is a great point. It is that it is that combination of everyone going, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> <laughs> like Basically like, I can't believe we won this game. And the other team is like, I can't believe we lost this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's talk about Pitt and Duke. Pitt 28, Duke 26. This game... Let's start with my favorite part of this game, the birds. They had thrown down some grass seed, apparently very recently onto Heinz Field. It, it seems that oh, way. Oh, no. So this was at Heinz? Yeah. This is at Heinz. So and apparently happened... they have bird problems there before sometimes. I mean, Heinz, Heinz has grass problems. Yes. Like, there have yeah. been so many times when they've just like, we're just going to put turf on the turf and it'll probably be fine the wpial uh, playoffs are going on right now so Mm -hmm. they're playing high school games on the field on fridays and then they drag in the college team on saturday and then they have the steelers that are playing there on sunday and so like the field is just a horrific nightmare so I'm not surprised that they're like, they've tried so many things and nothing works. By the time you get to the end of November, they're basically just playing in a mud pit. <laughs> it's it, the funny part to me is that these, these pigeons arrived last week uh, when the Steelers were playing against the saints. So, you know, being, you know, a, a saints fan, really, I, I watched a little bit of the game and then these, these random pigeons on the field, I'm like, what's going on. And then, so when Pitt plays, Duke, the pigeons are back, and they seem to be more 
plentiful <laughs> than what they were <laughs> for the Saints in, in Steelers game. Uh, and it's just like there's just endless amounts of pigeons all in the end zone. There was a photo of them that the pigeons were just incredibly orderly. Like they weren't in the middle of the field. They were just they were all on that the hash mark. They were rats the hashes. And I'm like, I'm like, this has got to be they're throwing down like grass seed and the pigeons are just eating the grass seed. And, and they're just eating the grass seed and basically not letting the grass grow. And it's just like they don't stop the game to like wave the pigeons off because they just come back. So this this is just, I mean, there's a picture. Uh, one of our followers is Jeff Gamza, uh, at Jay Gamza. And he has a photo of the Duke punt returner just surrounded, like he's in the movie Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, surrounded by pigeons. It's a beautiful picture. And this uniform matchup was crazy because Duke had blue pants um, and the blue helmet and the rest white. And the pit, the pit uh, had the yellow pants and the and the blue top. It was just a great, like it was just a great backdrop to watch a football game. And so I had this on in the quad box, of course, and I had the sound on on this one the whole game, and it was just an absolute delightful special teams mess. Like it was anything, so messy. It was so messy. <laughs> anything special teams in in this game would go wrong, and it went wrong. I think Duke like muffed a punt, lost it. Duke muffed a punt, got it back. Uh, Duke had a punt blocked, and then Pitt blocked a punt. Then there was, at the end of the game, uh, Pitt's trying to assault it away. They're up eight, and then their their punter just, like, drops the ball, and it's like a 22-yard yep. loss to get Duke back in the game. But Duke couldn't do anything until it was, like, fourth and 18, and then Duke throws a touchdown from the 19 on fourth and 18. They missed the two-point conversion. This game was just... Absolutely coastal chaos, just beautiful, beautiful game. I, I put in the uh, the Discord after the game, I was like, this game was absolutely hilarious. And then so uh, Pit Girl was like, well, you know, not really. It was very frustrating. And then there was a Duke <laughs> fan that was just like, no, not. I'm like, I'm sorry. As a neutral, I really love this. <laughs> yeah, I know. As a neutral, this was great. As a neutral, it was great. But if you're a Pit fan or a duke fan uh you probably weren't enjoying this one because you wanted to pull all of your hair out i mean they but those are two fan bases that have had to deal with hitchcockian football on a level that most of us can only dream of experiencing Mm -hmm. what i'm hearing here is that this was a game that was haunted by the ghost of frank beamer and he couldn't send turkeys so he just sent pigeons basically that's about right wait is frank beamer dead no he's still alive no Okay. Okay. It's like, oh god, did I miss this? What did I do with my Sunday night? I killed Frank Beamer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you a score, Beth. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Texas A&M twenty, UMass three. I wish we could see your, like, uh, we could put your facial expression on the podcast. Texas I mean, A&M just... 20, UMass 3. I'm going to give you a better bit, though. At the end, let's say, going at, toward, in the middle of the second quarter, the score was 3-3. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, A&M, no. A&M, A&M fans, this is what rock bottom looks like, guys. <laughs> That's horrible. That's just, oh, God, it's in the walls. Just tear it down and start again. Mm-hmm. Going to have to rip oh. this down to the studs. It, it didn't help that it was a really messy day in Central Texas. And so after halftime, after the band marched, everyone if, cleared out. 
so this was this a weather game? No. A little bit? No? no? No, I it was like 40. It was like 40 or 39 and it was just constant rain. Like like steady rain, not like crazy heavy thunderstorms, but just steady rain and it was just like the, you weren't slipping all over the place. It was just like a normal like shower, nothing crazy, but it was 39, it was cold, it was rainy. Don Brown was absolutely drenched in the he first half. He was so half. moist. He was so moist. He was moist. just so I mean like his his, his mustache uh, was so moist. <laughs> a moistache, if you will. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous, like how like I was like, dude, like get him another coat. Like for real. Like it, it was bad. I was concerned for Don Brown. But after halftime, he got he got a better coat. So I'll just say that. And are we sure that they played UMass? Like I listen, Miniman, I love you. I love you. But like, are we sure that that was the team that showed up? It was because you know what? Texas A&M ran, uh, uh, had 430 yards. Like they, 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 they played. Now the problem was the turnovers. Oh, okay. How many? It was three, I believe. All fumbles. I think they actually fumbled five times, but got two of them back. It was bad. I have to assume that in terms of weather games where the Aggie faithful would accept this kind of a result, it would have to be like the La Brea Tar Pits. It would have to be just swallowing tight ends. Yeah, this is not this is not what the Aggie faithful would take. If you paid those was it nine thousand bucks for this for this game, you were disappointed <laughs> because because those nine thousand dollar seats, Beth, what those folks were doing in those same seats, the sands were empty enough that some dudes were having a relay race in the stands and the game was boring enough that the camera was on that instead. Okay. So no, that's not a relay race. Those are tryouts. They they, listen, they take the 12th man very seriously. And they were hoping that maybe they'd look up in the stand and be like, you know what? There is some talent at this university. I'll take you. I'm sorry. That was the number one recruiting class. There's plenty of talent on the field. I guess something else is going on. What do you, I have no idea what that could be. We did find out today that uh, Univer- Texas A&M, uh, the Cotter campus, actually has a cricket team. And so if they want to get Jimbo out of there, I feel like Jimbo, the cricket coach in Qatar, Qatar is going to be where he needs to go. Well, I mean, as a lifetime fan of WVU cricket, Three I Pete, just... baby. Absolutely. Like, listen, if Jimbo, if Jimbo wants to come back, he's a native West Virginian. He's a native son of the university and he wants to help out with our cricket team. That would be totally fine. We have a lot of grad assistant chips that, you know, we could, we could talk to him. We could work something out. Jimbo cricket <laughs> analyst. I, he'd be talking really fast about that for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, Beth, watch the video in the discord. So I, I put a few things in in the discord for you since you, you missed basically this, this weekend. So there's the drenched Don Brown. Uh, that's him in the first half. Uh, then the Aggie shirt relays after that. And then my favorite one is that there was two UMass players just basically doing their prayers before the game uh, in the end zone corner. And then the Aggie cannon fired and basically blew smoke all over them, basically firing on the Minutemen, declaring war on Don Brown's men. We knew at that point. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, at least somebody got to see some fireworks. Ugh. Mm Mm-hmm. You can guess that A&M fans took this game. Well, let's say the ones that follow us took it in stride because they were just laughing at this point going like, I like, you know, what do you, what can you even do with this? Yeah. I mean, shout out to Martin Seligman and the doctrine of learned helplessness. But I Mm -hmm. think that's where the Aggie faithful are as a West Virginia fan. I can relate. Yeah. 
definitely can understand as as a, as a fan of my team, ULM. So you know, again, just really, um, you know, there was there was a big fuss on like Twitter, like after they cleared out after the game, and like saying like this, their fan base is is a, a joke or something like that. I'm like, this is ridiculous. No, it's like 39. They're not bowl eligible. Uh, I mean, like LSU was sparse, Alabama was sparse. I mean, really, yeah. like this, this weekend. Yeah, I don't care about that. And then I just don't like uh, sometimes in the in the college football like like Twitterverse, so to speak. Like they people like to just trash talk each other's teams, and that's that's not what what we do. Uh, we're not a big like down talking on, on the teams because I mean we understand what they're going through a lot oh, of the times, and we're here for. We're here, here for some fun. UMass, I mean, if they could have punched in that touchdown on that one drive they had going, yeah, because they were running over the Aggies. And if they were up seven mm-hmm. three, I, I don't know what uh, AM could have done. And I mean, I, I really don't know. God, um, those 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 words are just It's weird, huh? It's it's bizarre. But it's it like is... I, I had the game on the whole time. It was like legit. Mm-hmm. I d I don't know, you know, but like UMass couldn't get anything done in the second half at no. all. Like no, they, they had them stuck out, yeah. They made they made adjustments. Yes. And stopped the UMass attack in the second half. What's the going rate for Nick Saban on Cameo? I wonder if you could get him to to, to coach your team for what they're paying Jimbo Fisher just in having like Cameo play calls. That reminds me of the I I forget what coach it was. The coach back in like the 10s or 20s that coached like yep. three teams. By telegraph. Coach Iowa State by telegraph or something. Yeah. Can I get Jimbo Fisher to coach my team by telegraph? Okay. Kamish Houston 42, ECU 3. Did this live up to your expectations? I, I'm going to say yes in, in in the absolute weirdest way because just just watching this game in utter disbelief, really, at this point. I was expecting fireworks from both sides uh, because, you know, Houston, a few weeks ago, they gave up 77 points to SMU. ECU just basically almost beat Cincinnati. Um, they, they were looking, like, great and, and fantastic. They're at home. I'm like, okay. Let's do this. Like Houston's defense shut down ECU completely. Like, like I mean, they shut them down. East Carolina didn't turn the ball over once. No, no, they, they didn't, didn't turn at all. it over they once. Just stopped. They like they oh. went three and out so many times. I'm like, what is going on? Houston's up twenty one nothing at halftime, and they just kept going. What, what, where did this come from? I will never, never try to predict what Houston is going to do because honestly. It's like rolling a 20-sided die. You have no idea what's going to happen with Houston. And it, basically, any if you try to bet on Houston, I feel bad for you because you don't know. I mean, it's just throwing money in like one of those crazy like the vending machines or whatever. They, they just blow money all around, all over oh, the place. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. it's almost like playing the lottery to try to win. With, that, like, you, and, you don't know what to expect. That that feels so Dana Holgerson. It makes perfect sense. It's it's like you're you're betting Keno in the casino, and you know you're you're betting on Dana Holgerson to have something normal happen. And I did not see a basically drubbing by Houston, forty two to three to three. They gave up. They gave gave up seventy seven SMU. Man. Right. Oh my god. It does. It perfectly encapsulates the Dana Holgerson experience just for like more from a defensive standpoint than an offensive standpoint, because mm-hmm. it, it, it is feast or famine with him. And it's, it, you know, I, it's sort of like you get the Red Bull high, you get the Red Bull crash. And 
man, they were they were their defense was amped on some Red Bull because I mean, and it's just funny. Like you think, like ECU getting blown out by this much, they would have made a lot of mistakes. No, none, none, nothing. They just they just couldn't get anything done. It's crazy. Yeah. When I think Houston, I think perfectly buttoned down, you know, efficient and strong defense. Mm-hmm. I almost got through the sentence. <laughs> Do you remember when Houston hired Major Applewhite for like two years and was like, this is yes! what we want? This is what we want? I think they learned their lesson. <laughs> Houston wants to be rowdy and mm-hmm. they picked their rowdy boy to be in charge and that's great. Yeah. Houston's entire ethos boils down to just wee. Exactly right. <laughs> let's go for a ride on the cougar coaster and <laughs> where are we going today no idea no Is idea it, we're, we're building the track tracks? we're building this fucking track as we're going guys it's a roller coaster where we're building the track again our roller coaster tycoon days yes that's it okay beth i'm gonna take you to the big 10 michigan state michigan state played indiana okay. michigan state beat illinois they knocked illinois off their off their train Michigan State beat Wisconsin this year. Michigan State lost 39 to 31 to Indiana in overtime. Um and d- d- double overtime. Double overtime. My bad. Double overtime. Yeah. Oh. Indiana passed two times for seven what? yards. What? No, 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 what? no. Say that again. They were they they completed two passes. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. They completed two passes for seven yards. Okay. How many attempts? No, no, no. They they threw the ball seven times. They completed. Oh my god! Two passes. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They they threw the ball seven times. They completed two passes for a total of 31 yards passing. Why 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 only? I because, don't understand. Because it was working. Because rushing was working, and they just decided to run the ball at Michigan State. Forty four nah. times. Forty four. <laughs> Michigan State had 540 yards. Indiana had 288. I, I want to say one of those passes was actually an overtime as well. I think going into overtime, they only had one. Yeah. Um, completion. I think, I think so. I think that's, um, that that's probably right. I think the, the pass was one of them to win it. Have we ruled out demonic possession in this game as a possible reason for why this happened? No idea. Honestly, Michigan State was in control of this game, and then they lost control. Uh, and then they had a field goal, a 22-yarder to win it, and they and they missed the, the field goal. Then, so, so this is like Michigan State is out and having a fairly nice evening, and they wake up the next day in a bathtub full of ice trying to figure out what on earth happened. Yeah, yes. and, where their, and where their kidney is. Yeah. That's right. And so Michigan State, in, in overtime, which was fantastic, uh, the first OT, Michigan State goes to kick a field goal. Indiana blocks the field goal. Then they hold Indiana, and Indiana attempts the field goal, and Michigan State blocks the field goal. <laughs> and that's and that's how we went up in double overtime. <laughs> it was bonkers. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Big Ten has been such an embarrassment of Richards for us this, this season. I hope that we have done it justice as a committee because what they've given us to work with is just exquisite. Well, let's talk about more yards don't matter. Total yards, total yards are a lie because Iowa 13, Minnesota 10. So the Big Ten this week managed to have four games where no team broke 20 points. Oh, it was a throwback week. Okay. Yeah. And by, and by throwback, you mean... To earlier this season. But <laughs> yes. Like I said, like I said, I've been watching some guy on YouTube has been posting these great old school games. And the more I watch them, 
the more I realize time is a flat circle because these games look so, so familiar to me. Oh my goodness. Minnesota looked pretty good for a lot of this game. They got behind. It was 10-0 heading into like the second quarter. Minnesota comes back. Minnesota ties it. And then a last second Iowa field goal wins it. It, it was one of those where like all the people on the timeline were just like, they can't just keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa can't keep getting away with it. Like the running back, Mo Ibrahim for, for Minnesota had 263 yards rushing. But as, as Kirk Ferentz said, offensive yards are overrated. Kirk, mm-hmm. Kirk, is, Kirk is definitely correct. I, I think I think he's being proven correct according to his brand of football. And, and again, they they find a way to win. Uh, he basically almost ices his own kicker at the end. That was we'll talk uh, about that for Clock Commander. But holy yeah, definitely. shit, that. But that. <laughs> I, I mean, really, like it seemingly like Iowa was gonna win on on like a interception return for a touchdown. Like, I was like, there's no way that I was winning this on a defensive touchdown, which mm-hmm. it, it nearly did, but they ruled that he stepped out, which I'm still kind of iffy that he, he that did was, That was out. weird. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, Minnesota, I mean, just two, like, really, really costly turnovers. They had two turnovers, and, and basically Kirk France is like, you're going to make a mistake, and they made two mistakes because if oh. Minnesota doesn't make these mistakes, they win the game. Yeah. I'm imagining PJ Fleck just like Yosemite Sam. Oh yeah, now I, I imagine that he was absolutely elevating in anger. You realize that in a just world, TCU and Iowa would play this season, right? Oh God, yeah, that would be beautiful. Can I interest you in Wisconsin fifteen, Nebraska fourteen? This game again <laughs> okay. was, was really bizarre. I mean, really, it's just like. It, it, apparently, it was the fifth coldest game they've ever had in Nebraska. Yeah. So, like, we, we follow a thing. It's Amy Just. Um, she's a Nebraska reporter. Uh, we we con- converse throughout the game. Like, Wisconsin looked awful uh, throughout the entire game. And and for some other reason, Nebraska was able to get some points early. And, and they were just battling it, battling it. And um, Wisconsin gets a touchdown. It's, it's 14-9. They missed the two. And then... Last minute of the game, Nebraska's defense just bends a little bit too much and they give up a touchdown and it's 15-14, the Badgers, and then Wisconsin just can't, I'm sorry, Nebraska just can't take it down to, to answer that that last minute score. Just kind of, well, we tried. Okay. That was the epitome of, well, we tried. <laughs> Let's go to the AC, sorry, the, the SEC, Beth. I want to take you to Ole Miss, Arkansas. Okay. Woo pig, Arkansas 42, Ole Miss 27. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Ole Miss had 700 yards. And they had how many points again? 27. That's a problem. I woke up to this. So last night, I my kid couldn't sleep. And so I went to go lay down in his bed and fell asleep early. And I had the game sort of in my ear. And I woke up this morning and I looked at this and I felt like I had, t- like I had shifted dimensions. Because this was so, the stat line, I did not believe it. I went back and watched some of this game and Ole Miss was on fire. But they turned the ball over three times. Oh my goodness. That's, wow. That's so many yards. Arkansas Arkansas was in charge, in, in control of this game the whole time, which was not something I was expecting to see. So that, huh. that, that 42-27 is very misleading. It was okay. 42-6. 
and then and then uh, Ole Miss scored three touchdowns at the at the end. In, it was garbage. In, it was it was the it epitome was garbage of time. garbage time. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness. I mean, they just got ran over. You know, as our friends like to say, they got womp. They were womping them. But yeah, three hundred and thirty-five yards rushing for Arkansas. Ole Miss's rush defense is just not great this year. No. And, um, you know, rumors circling that Lane's going to Auburn. It was his mind elsewhere. You know, essentially, in, in it was just, and Lane was just like, if they saw these last two games, I mean, I don't think anybody wants me. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then, then there was a kind of a little bit of a referendum on what what is Lane's best win as Ole Miss head coach. God, we're here already. Arkansas's Raheem Sanders, twenty three carries, two hundred yards, three TDs. Rocket Sanders, dude, was a beast. Wow. And here's the thing, Ole Miss had two 200-yard rushers. This game, numbers meant nothing. And like I said, the 27-42 is super super misleading because it was in garbage time in the third quarter. So, other other words. So, also in the SEC, Tennessee's been really good, right? Yes. Tennessee's been great. Tennessee's been on fire. Tennessee 38, South Carolina 63. Wait. South Carolina found a gear that no one knew they had. Drive? Yes. They finally they finally I'm got so, it out I'm of sorry, first. Spencer Rattler, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Spencer Rattler, who passed for 438 yards and six TDs, 30 for 37. Oh who my looked, goodness. Who looked like a god, like he descended. I don't Just, know what happened. No one knows what happened. Oh my goodness. And I have some I have some friends who are Vols fans who their silence now makes a lot more sense. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and and the worst is Hindenhooker, QB for mm. uh, Tennessee. He ended up tearing his air, his ACL. Oh no. So he's Oof. out for the future. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, that but, just stinks. The game wasn't like really close at that point. I think it was like 56 31 yeah. so it was already over it was yeah. pretty much over and it was a non-contact um ah. he just he just went just, down and you could tell just went down and it was just it was just not good and they, they announced it today so i mean we wish him all the best um, oh yeah but i mean again like i i don't know where this south carolina offense came from uh like they have not they've struggled to put up points and like I mean, I can't even yeah they did it against florida last week i think they did that against florida and they were awful yeah, and then this. What is this team? I mean, hey, you know, somebody said that this team, South Carolina, is like the super weapon for the SEC. That they are the pit of the SEC. That's and, hard to argue with, I would and, say. And I believe Pit Girl responded to the tweet like, "I'm, I'm actually okay with this comparison." So let's just say, don't walk into Columbia, South Carolina, at night. Because you may get sandstormed. <laughs> I think the my my favorite tweet is that they did the South Carolina did after the game is they had like the the guy on the banjo about to play Rocky Top, mm-hmm. and uh, basically when he started playing the banjo, it was actually sandstorm, and it was, great. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I'd never heard sandstorm on the banjo before, so it was great. You know who South Carolina has next week, right? That's Clemson. Uh, that, that, that other South Carolina school. Yeah, but it's, they already fired the super weapon. That's that's the thing. And it's at Clemson too. So yeah. maybe not. But 
I'm just saying. Beth, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the situation going into this game, and I want you to just tell me what you think happened. Okay. Ranked Oklahoma State played Oklahoma in Bedlam. Who do you think won that game? Oklahoma. Oklahoma won that game, 28-13. It's Bedlam. It That's like, you give the, you give the rowdiest name to the least rowdy game. It was tw- it was 28-0 at the end of the first. Yeah, that feels right. No, And that was all the scoring that Oklahoma did. And then they stopped. <laughs> oh, no. Those so, kind of games. And so it was the kind of game that is fun for no one. Right. Because, because if you're ahead, you're panicking because like, please, please, just 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 a little bit more offense, please. And like, oh, it's just all t- just frustration the whole way around. 28-0, the most dangerous lead in all of football. I, I Perfectly safe. This, what could go wrong? I watched this whole game. I don't know why it was Why did you on. do that? I, don't, I it was there. It was it was on. And it was just like, I was like, this is crazy. There is no way, you know, like I, immediately I'm like, okay, well, well, how the hell did this just happen? And it's it's 28, nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then like, you know, I think it was like 28-3 at halftime. Yeah. Like they, they settled for the sad field goal at halftime. And for some odd reason, like it felt like Oklahoma State had the ball the entire thir- uh, second, third, and fourth quarter. It was just ridiculous. Like Oklahoma State could drive and drive and drive and drive. And, and as soon as they get inside like the 30 uh, of, of Oklahoma, it, it would just go horribly wrong. Uh, and like the quarterback for Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders had 381 yards passing. He had one touchdown and four interceptions. <laughs> and he was sacked six times by Oklahoma's defense. And it was just like every time, like it, it, it was a, for me, Sicko's viewing wise was just like, OK, maybe Oklahoma State is going to make this a game now. They get inside the 30. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, there goes the interception, or he gets sacked, the turnover on downs. I mean, they Listen, got like 10 more points. It was just like, <laughs> so ridiculous. The red zone is lava. It, yes. I mean, they, they just could not do any, as soon as they got into the red zone, or like a little bit outside the red zone, like Oklahoma State just broke down. Like there was like a big play. Oklahoma State, like they, they punt it back to them, and Oklahoma State starts on the 20. They get, oh, hey, they're in Oklahoma territory, like really quickly. And then it just goes wrong. I, I want to say I have never seen somebody's jersey so green in my life. Like Spencer Sanders' jersey was just so green for how many times he hit the turf. Like just grass stains all over his jersey. It was just, he was harassed all night long. He was not happy. I don't know why I watched this whole game, but I couldn't turn it off. I was just like, is is because I mean it was it was 28-13. And I'm like, if they score a touchdown, this is a one possession game mm-hmm. again. And then there then the entire state of Norman or you know, the stadium was just puckering up, which I'm sure they oh, were not. They were so puckered. They were so they were puckered. so puckered. And I was like, I was like, come <laughs> on, just give me that touchdown. Just give me that one. Make it 28-20. Just give me that one. And then uh, it, it just never came. Congratulations, Oklahoma. Bowl eligible in week 11. Just just like usual. Just like they drew it up. Okay, Beth. Kansas State 48, West Virginia 31. So the over-under on this game was 54 and a half. They nearly had that at the end of the first quarter. They got it early in the second, right? So so look at... The, uh, go and check the Discord out. I put the box score in there. You can see, oh, the, you can, you can see what the quarters look like. 
So we hit the over under. We hit the over under early in the second. My dad said. My dad was actually wondering if perhaps you guys knew of any other game that hit its over under that fast. Ooh, I'll have to check that out. I can look that yeah. up. I, I can run that. That's an easy. That's an easy query to find. It was fairly quick from what he said. I I am grateful to the Kansas State Wildcats for sparing me um, having to watch West Virginia in any type of a bowl game. Although I am sorry that. You know, the whole Big 12 bowl eligible thing won't be happening this year. Nope. But I didn't listen. I'm fine with this team playing one more time and then we move on to greener pastures. And that's not a token endorsement for Garrett Green. That's just (laughs) needs to be over. I wasn't paying attention to this game until someone tweeted at us and pointed out what the score was at the end of the first quarter. And I got lost in my mind when I saw 28-19. Apparently, like, there were two pick sixes in the first quarter. Yeah. Like, this was haymakers only mode for a little mm-hmm. while before West Virginia remembered that they don't really know how to play football this year. It's 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 like Wiley Coyote going off the cliff. He doesn't oh, know yeah. he's falling until he looks. West Virginia's oh, yeah. like, this is great. This is great. Wait, it's football. Oh, no. Oh, no. Texas Tech 14, Iowa State 10. Iowa State loses another one possession game, another one score game. Hell is hell is real, and Iowa State is living in it. I feel like Iowa State is in one of the early Mario Kart levels, and there's one banana peel on the track, just one, and they're going to hit that banana peel every single time. Like, they're aimed at it like a bullet. Mm-hmm. They could be invincible. It's not going to matter. They could hit. They managed to hit a banana peel in a bullet bill, and I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Iowa State just needs to wipe the season and start again. These are the kinds of days where I've definitely had days in my life where I've been like, you know what? This day just sucks. I'm going to go back home, take another shower and just restart on this day. They need to just get out of the season and and not be here anymore. In the ACC, Miami 10, Clemson 40. This is not surprising. Right. Miami is not great. But here's the fun fact. At the half, Miami had nine yards. Nine yards on their way to 10 points. Yes. Clemson had 228 yards. Miami (laughs) has a wasting disease and it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. What gold rush era disease does Miami have this week? You know what? It may, it may be scurvy again. (laughs) (laughs) Eat a lime guys. It's not that hard. Have a, have a margarita. It's not hard. Have a daiquiri. You live yeah. in fucking South Florida. Yeah, it's fine. You can find those things all over the place. They literally grow on trees down there. So, Kamish, you uh, you called this. I, I mean, I called the Canes amount of points. Like, I think the over-under was 14 and a half. And my, my instincts were, were telling me to go over the 14 and a half. And then I, I just did the opposite. And I said, they'll have 10. And they, and they got 10. Uh, so, I, I got that correct. I wanted to let you know that this game, again, halftime, Miami down twenty four nothing, pretty much out of the game whatsoever. Uh, in the in the second half, like Miami kind of asserted themselves a little bit, and there was like this little tension, slight tension in, in the game, and it was it was it was weird. So Miami got a safety. Uh, I'm sorry, Clemson got a safety. In Miami, it was 26, 26 to to three, and then Clemson fumbled the ball, and then Miami took it in for a touchdown. And it was twenty six ten after that occurred. So this is what happened. This is what Miami did uh, on their last drive, essentially uh, their last drives, essentially within two possessions of Clemson, 
in Death Valley. So they forced a three and out of Clemson after they got that touchdown, right? Then Miami goes six plays, fumbles. Uh, Clemson, touchdown. Uh, then, so it's 33-10. Then uh, Miami gets the ball back, two plays, fumble. Uh, <laughs> basically, like Clemson got two touchdowns essentially in the last four minutes of the game to make this look like 40-10. to 10. So okay. a little bit more deceiving than what it is. But again, Miami just, just again, they, they are turnover machines. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they turn the ball over way too much. And I don't know if that's a sign of, of an extremely young team, poorly coached team. I have no idea, but they, they had some, something going and their defense was playing great. But those last two fumbles were basically like inside the red zone and yeah. Clemson basically just pounded them in and, and just ran up the score a little bit there. I mean, it's the karmic payback for the turnover chain. Yes, they they, they ran up. Back. Yeah, exactly. Like they ran up a a a ton of credits and turnovers, and the time comes to pay that bill, Miami, and that's just where we are. And you're just going to have to live with that fact that you're going to have butterfingers on the ball for a while. Louisville twenty five, NC State ten. Louisville Scott Satterfield cannot get fired. <laughs> he is invincible. He is a golden god. He cannot get fired. NC State oh. has reverted to the mean, and this is a game that got moved to the ACC Regional, and probably for the best. I cannot wait until Louisville starts playing their ga- their home games in the Satterfield. This oh, is yeah. wonderful. But yeah, he's gonna, he's going to fuck around and end up with a statue there. Yep. Oh my God, Louis- Louisville plays Kentucky next week. Oh no. Oh yep. no. Mm-hmm. A-, a game that neither team cares about. And and now that Mark Stoops just got extended, <laughs> which means that you know that Louisville's could come in and win this one. So apparently he signed the extension nine days ago on the eleventh, which before was the, the was it before, before the Vandy loss? Before the Vandy loss. So great timing, Mr. Stoops, on signing that contract. He has Absolutely. the best. He has the best contract in the SEC. He has the best job. He's getting paid more than um than Cal Perry now. Kentucky oh. is a football school. Beth, I'm going to give you another score, and I'm going to let you just sit with it for a moment. Okay. Georgia Tech 29, UNC 17. Sorry. Georgia Tech 21, UNC 17. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense, but it still makes no sense at all. Georgia Tech wins it. Like I, I heard words, and there were numbers, and then my brain just turned to static. Offensive yards do not matter. UNC had... 50, 50, uh, 70 more yards than Georgia Tech. Doesn't matter. What dark god did Mac Brown anger? I think he is the dark god. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Never loses, mind. He's, he's lost his powers since he's come back to Earth. <laughs> you know, the, the this game was one of those things that I want to say that, that Brent Key corrected his microphone thing. So I don't know if he listens to the podcast. He's not flipping uh, it up and down anymore. He's not flipping it up and down anymore. So I, I was watching okay. the game and he was actually like having the conversation and he was just not doing the up and down, up and down, up and down. Maybe that's a nervous tick and he didn't do it this game. They went down 17 nothing to to UNC. UNC was up 17 nothing. Georgia Tech rattled off 21 unanswered and and Georgia Tech was down to their third and fourth string quarterbacks. They were rotating their oh third and fourth string quarterbacks to get this win over 13 UNC. So that weird miracle, maybe UNC 
goes undefeated and they beat Clemson and ACC. And then you have to have that weird, like, are they good enough to get into the actual playoff? Not the FCS playoffs, but yeah, that, that, that got shut down. So Georgia tech, uh, you know, one win away from bowl eligibility. All you got to do is beat Georgia. You know, I just, listen, this is Georgia tech showing you what their playoff resume is. They built, they beat a potential playoff team with a huge comeback win. The comeback Kings, the rambling wreck. It makes perfect sense. So, you know, I see no reason why they shouldn't be in any playoff discussion. I'm, I'm telling you, I I said UNC was going to win and Georgia Tech wins. I'm looking forward to saying Georgia. I'm looking forward to saying that uh, Georgia is going to beat Georgia Tech next year and then pro- next week and then prove me, prove me wrong. Close yeah, this, the deal, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Oh, oh God. Oh God. oh, God. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to speak this into existence. Let's oh, make man. this happen. Let's get weird. There's, there's no way, but come on now. Let's let's give me some chaos. Wake 45, Syracuse 35. Syracuse is okay. They're they're good. They're I think they're going to do the six and six thing though. Win six and lose six. I I just got the feeling. Is they got, Syracuse meh? Is Syracuse meh? Eh, they they went six and zero. Oh. Now they're six and five. They play next week. Uh, they play, I believe, is it on the road in Boston College? Yeah, oh, at their at alumni Boston field. College. Boston College got blown out by Notre Dame, forty-four nothing. Uh, so that that was definitely. Let, let's see what BC and Syracuse. That's going to be one of the the ones that. Why is it so late at night? Oh my God! It's 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 a late night prime time Syracuse BC. Oh yes! All right, I am so excited for this one now. But Up again, in the snow globe. Oh man, it's in it's in Massachusetts. It's gonna be. Oh man, so Syracuse can get to seven and five. I mean, I feel like they they're good enough to get a bowl game, and and that's basically what I feel like their fans wanted this year. I'll What's... give you I'll give you one guess. As to what station Syracuse Boston College is on. It's got to be the ACC network for sure. It's on the regional, baby. It's on the the regional. That that will make it to the quad box, guaranteed. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. so good. (laughs) Navy beat UCF. Really? Yeah. You're sure? I'll look it up. Navy beat UCF. UCF that is, you know, on its way to the ACC championship game had the inside track to being the G5 team in the NY6 Bowl. And they lost to Navy 17 to 14. Navy, Navy passing yards, zero. Um, okay. That's... Which is not shocking. They did attempt one pass, but then realized that that just wasn't, wasn't their thing. And so they okay. stopped. I got nothing else on this one. This is just a, this is a weird game. This, <laughs> no, is, this, so this, is, one, this is the one that kicked it like 10 a.m. This one kicked this, it like yeah. 11 a.m. Eastern. It was bizarre. Yeah. It, so so basically, again, uh, this is just like a headline for all the service academies. I know Army did defeat UConn and, and Air Force did beat up Colorado State. Uh, the three okay. service academies, uh, the three service academies were combined 0 for 4 passing on Saturday. But they rushed... <laughs> You know, they they were over four passing. Yeah, just like they drew it up. Just God, like they drew I it love up. this. That's right. They rushed for a combined nine hundred and twenty-seven yards, and all three of them won, including Navy again, shocking Central Florida in the American race. There, 
the my favorite thing about this game was that you know Navy took the lead early, and they were able to go in with like a fourteen six halftime lead. Central Florida tied it up fourteen fourteen. Central Florida went for it on like a fourth down, uh, inside Navy's territory at like the Navy forty three. Navy stopped them on the fourth down. Uh, after they were up 17-14, Navy was just just basically they sat on the lead with an 11-play, 33-yard drive to kill the final five minutes and 54 seconds of the game. Like you want to. Beth, Florida 24, Vanderbilt 31. Ugh. You Vanderbilt, have died of dysentery. Vanderbilt now has a two-game SEC win streak. Uh, the offense commission? Oh, I I just want to say that there really wasn't too much vaunted Vandy offense. There wasn't? <laughs> but they had enough. They did have a big run uh, to get them ahead. The, the craziest play in this game where there was a punt by Vandy and it like bounced over the Florida uh, punt returner's head who tried to like gather it with like his fingers and it, it like fumbled and bounced into the end zone. And then the long snapper for Vandy recovered the fumble in How the end zone. How is he the first one there? How did he I, get there that fast? He wasn't He wasn't the first one there, but the way the ball was bouncing around. So the long snapper snapped the ball to the punter. The punter punted it. He ran the entire field, basically, after he snapped it and, and, and ran into the end zone after the fumble. And he recovered the ball. So we had a long snapper touchdown <laughs> yes! in the Vandy game. So Vandy got a long snapper touchdown. They this is the first time I think they beat Florida since like '98. First time so they again, beat them, yeah. Or they beat them at I think the first time they beat them at home since '98. Okay, since '98. That's right. So uh, again, feels like '98. You know, in this situation. And then at the end of the game, there was this was the most casual field storm ever. Like I a guess. field stroll. It was just like they 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 put down stairs and they slowly walked in. <laughs> And you can see the video. There was like one Vandy fan just extremely excited to be on the field. And then the rest of the fans were just like, hey, we're just we're just standing yeah. on the field. Now. Don't, don't mind this guy. He's new. Yeah. 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 He's new. It's just like, hey, we're standing on the field after <laughs> after we beat unranked Florida. Big, can we get big... can we get to bowl eligible Vandy? They got to beat Tennessee next week. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. No, that's <laughs> three in a row, baby. <laughs> Man, so I mean, it's been a crazy year. Oh my year. goodness! This is As, boy, Tennessee season takes a turn <laughs> if that happens. So uh, I want I wanted to correct you, Kamesh. Oh, the last time that Vandy won was in Gainesville in 2013. Okay. That was right. the third year of the Will Muschamp administration. Okay. Okay. And then before that, the last time that Vandy had won. And the last time they had won in Nashville, full stop, was in 88. 88. Okay, not 1998. 1988. Okay, it's even... Like, like that's old enough. That's far enough back that even the three of us would have trouble remembering things that happened in 1988. I mean, I can tell you that West Virginia played in the national championship game that year. Let's not look it up and let's not talk about how it went. But hey, that did happen. It's the only time that's ever happened. Auburn Auburn took care of Western Kentucky. It was close until it wasn't. It ended up being 41-17. But none of that really matters because Big Red was there and he was amazing. Big Red's pelvis was thrusting so aggressively and so much it was wonderful. He would thrust in happiness, thrust in sadness. He would thrust at his own team, thrust at the other team. It was great. I mean, I feel like Big Red has two things that are expressive. 
the mouth and the pelvis. Yeah. That's really it. If you're making a big red action figure, it has two articulated joints and that's it. And I th- we can celebrate that. I think just as a country. I used to have on my car dash in high school, one of the Hawaiian dancer things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could reskin that as big red. Oh, absolutely. Just the hips would just rock back and forth. <laughs> yep. No, I think that is fantastic. I, I, I think I, I would do that. Yeah. I would definitely have a big red, like, like what is it? It's it's not a hood ornament. What do they call that? Like a dash the, ornament, whatever. Yeah, a dash ornament. Yeah, yeah it definitely would need one of those. Replace the GPS with with big red. Done, sold. We had some folks there who were tweeting at us for various things, and they the cheerleaders and big red were going into the locker room at halftime, and like big red, big red. What do you have to say about the first? What do you have to say about this first half? Hip thrust, hip thrust, hip thrust, hip thrust. <laughs> great it was, it was beautiful i western kentucky and auburn were tied 17 17 at one point in this game and then all of a sudden like auburn blew it open and, and they took it away uh they took it away from the, the hilltoppers but but that's because they didn't have big red on the helmets you put big red on the helmets undefeated with big red on the helmets you got to keep it going yeah let that be a lesson to you the sickos game of the week sanford at cal i fired up my vpn got Mold, uh, moldova again this time I- it feels like a good I tried I tried North Macedonia first. Connection was a little slow, so I switched over. Okay. And this game was just a quagmire. It was so <laughs> it was so there were moments of greatness and then it just like absolutely gummed up. I posted a lot of Oskis again, and I make no apologies for my my behavior. One of our favorite, one of our, uh, the guys, I forget what podcast they run. I, I forget what it is. Like, three, the three like, tech podcast? Uh, the three tech podcast. They're like, yeah. I really, I man, I love everything you guys do, except for the fucking bears. It's weird. <laughs> everything else we do is completely normal. That, however, is weird. This is the, everyone has their line. And <laughs> for some people, it's the nightmare bear. Well, I mean, you know, again, we could always use the, those sensitivity filters if necessary. Exactly uh, right. Do that. They're there for you, Jordan. If you want to use that to, <laughs> to not alarm anybody with all I will the make it, nightmare. I, I will make it worse. You know, I will make it worse. Yes, you definitely like. It's just like you know, you click, you you buy whatever you see behind <laughs> this. So <laughs> look, look at him. He's got an evil laugh going on already. Yeah. Uh, but this game was was absolutely nuts. It was a blast. I, I wrote about this one in the synopsis. You probably heard the intro. For this one, which uh, I recorded in front of, of Jordan. In front of a live studio audience. In front of a live studio audience. Uh, that was kind of weird. I normally do that off to the side. So doing this in front of everybody was very strange. Uh, Stanford went up uh, right off the gate. Stanford shot out and scored a touchdown. We're like, what the? I'm like, what the hell? Uh, like Stanford like went down with the touchdown. Um, like Cal got a field goal. Uh, Stanford got a field goal. Cal got another field goal. And then Stanford got another touchdown. And it was 17-6 at halftime. And I'm like, this is, like, I don't see any way Cal's coming back from this. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Stanford was stopping Cal doing everything. It was ridiculous. Then the fourth quarter happened. And, and Cal scored 21 straight points in the fourth quarter. It was it was amazing. Uh, Cal scored a touchdown. Then they got a fumble return for a touchdown to take the lead. They hit the two-point conversion there. And then they intercepted. Uh, Stanford again and, and took it back inside the 10 and then the cow running back like the it was like a majestic dive over beautiful. like like the it was almost like a swan dive into the end zone 
like I think he took off from like the five yard line. Uh, it, maybe I'm exaggerating it a little bit, but uh, and then he went over there uh, and got for the touchdown. the The favorite part of the game is, is again I I'm completely laughing here. It's a ten point game at the end. Stanford decides to kick a 61-yard field goal. Like, decides to kick a 61-yard field goal. It's it's a 10-point game. There's five seconds left. The field goal doesn't matter whatsoever in this case. So they send their kicker out to make the, the field goal. He he bangs through the 61-yard field goal. Like just, Oh, yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. An, an amazing kick. But that the clock expired at the same time. So the Stanford kicker makes a field goal. And the Stanford team is congratulating him on making the field goal. The camera pans to the Cal coach with his arms up victorious in, in, in victory. But it looks like he's celebrating the Stanford guy just making a field goal, not the game that the clock, the time expired. So I, I keep watching that video over and over again. And then they show the Cal quarterback. I think it was a, a plumber, the quarterback. And he's got his hand on his helmet. And he's like, do I celebrate this? The game's <laughs> over. He's just very confused on what to do, on what happened. Um, the Cal fans, they storm the field, and they they carry off the the, the quarterback. It, it was great. I mean, it, it's great for Cal. Uh, they both had some rough seasons, and, and they sold the game out. It matters yeah. a ton to both of these teams, and, and that's what you know made it the Sickos game of the week because we know that both of these teams hate each other. They had mm-hmm. the, the BART train the bay area rapid yeah. transit and cal train were going at it on social media so you had public transit wars talking trash before this game so it's, it's a big game a shout out to our friends on tightwad hill tightwad hill is the spot at cal that overlooks the over it's a free spot where you can over it overlooks the stadium and we got a lot of folks up there and the official account of tightwad hill also follows us and they always shout us out so congrats to them the two things, like the two college football experiences that I most want to have in my life are watching a game from Tightwad Hill and watching a game from a tree stand in Boone. Also, shout out to the Stanford band for spelling out UAW because the UAW is on strike and they support them. And that's awesome. Free the, free the tree. I'm going to do a couple of them in order pretty fast. that are weird ones. Georgia State 40, JMU 42. James Madison was down 34-14 at one point. And won this game 42 to 40. That's awesome. Go JMU. The, the funny part was in this game is that like JMU went from 34-14 all the way up to, to 42-40. I'm sorry, 42-34. Then Georgia State scored a last minute touchdown and they missed a two-point conversion. So this one almost went to OT. It was a close one, but the, the, the Duke survived. Troy 34, ULM 16, the Warhawks are done for the season in terms of bowl eligibility. So the, the miracle of Monroe is, is not going to happen. Uh, this was the, the tough game. I'm surprised they beat Georgia state really in this game. Like ULM could not get anything going in the first half. The uh, Troy defense was all over the quarterback and they were down 13, nothing. ULM was trying to drive. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I think like maybe like one play into their drive after going down 13, nothing, the quarterback got stripped and it was like the easiest scoop and score possible. Nobody <laughs> around him picked up the ball and then began to run again. And yeah. nobody was near him the entire time. It was 20, nothing that kind of sealed the game and the fate for the Warhawk. They, they made it, it was 27, three at one point, 
And then ULM scored a touchdown, so it's 27-9. I'm like, okay, it's a three-possession game. Go for two here. Go for two. It's the middle of the third quarter. You're still alive. Go for two. They decided to kick the extra point. And then after they kicked that extra point, I'm like, you're down 17 now. Did you really think you're going to get, you know, a lot more opportunities Mm -hmm. against Troy to win this? And they didn't. And so it didn't. It seemed like they were resigned to their fate in the middle of the third quarter, which is kind of disappointing in the coaching. But um, you know, it's not going to set up the the bowl uh, bonanza for the the sibling rivalry, which is, is is no fun. But you know, hopefully ULM can get five wins this year compared to four last year. Texas State beats Arkansas State sixteen thirteen. It was a last second field goal. Texas State. We're going to say Texas State avenges ULM, okay? We're going to put it that way. Okay. We'll do that. Texas State avenges ULM because ULM beat Texas State, and and then Arkansas State beat, uh, you know, ULM, which they, they always do that. This this was funny to me because, again, like, there's a bunch of other craziness going on, and I'm like, I'm tweeting about this game uh, because, again, the random tickets for $446 that I found for mm-hmm. this one, I wonder if they got their money's worth. Uh, Seems like they did. That was a good game. It it was crazy because, so Texas State kicks a field goal in this game with three minutes and 17 seconds left to go up 13-10. Arkansas State drives down all the way down, and they kick a field goal with 31 seconds left to tie 13-13. Texas State is able to drive basically almost the length of the field in, in like a few plays. To, to get a field goal in 31 seconds and, and win the game 16-13. So that, that's got to be, like, really disappointing if you're an Arkansas State fan to yeah. to give up, like, <laughs> 31 seconds and you give up a field goal. And it was a 29-yard field goal. It wasn't even, like, a far field goal. No, no, no. no. Nope. Mitsu beats FAU to be bowl-bound. Mitsu's quarterback, Chase Cunningham, threw for 448 yards, five TDs, and one int. Who? Good God. This game was weird because I was watching it and I was like, who the, who the hell is wearing black? That was bizarre. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, so the blue Raiders are having a blackout game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. It's just, <laughs> but it was weird. It was just like black tops and a black helmet and then white pants. And so I was very confused. <laughs> like it wasn't a full blackout. I didn't know who it was for a bit. And I'm like, I had to keep reminding myself with the game on, like, this is middle Tennessee. This is Middle Tennessee. FIU 6, UTEP 40. UTEP Bullbound Express rolls on. FIU total yards in this game. I'm going to double check this number because it seems very low. I'm going to double check this. Okay, that's correct. FIU total yards for this game, 71. UTEP total yards for this game, 525. So uh, UTEP handled this game very well. They need one more game to be bowl eligible. Unfortunately, that does mean traveling to UTSA, who absolutely just wiped rice off the map this week. Mm. The Bowlbound Express, we tweeted it, and it's just like, well, they have to beat UTSA. And then uh, a bunch of our UTSA followers are like, oh, I think one, nope. one of them was it Meet Meet Nation just <laughs> responded. Meet Meet Nation responded with a, a, a gif of Morgan Freeman just going, Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, uh, and then somebody else responded with like the trail, uh, the train derailing gif. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, like UTSA beat up UTEP last year. 
I don't necessarily know. I don't think it's going to go well. UTSA did clinch the Conference USA Championship. They are now clinched into hosting the Conference USA title game. I mean, really, UTSA doesn't necessarily have much to play for in Rest this situation. Rest your starters, meeps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, no matter what happens in, in this game, uh, UTEP, I mean, they had a rough rough year. They, they had some games they should have won. And, you know, to, to have it come down like this, it's it's rough for the Bowbound Express. Do you know who the happiest people about UTEP are this year when I posted that thing? All the Boise fans were like, you know what? Sucks to see us in there, but without that loss, shit would have gotten a lot worse a lot faster. So you know what? I'm okay with this. They have they have a real begrudging, ex- uh, you know, thank. They like, do. Hey, thank you. Thank you for beating us, Utah. Thank you. We got rid of our offensive coordinator. Our, our quarterback at the time entered the transfer portal, and now we are dominating the Mountain West. It's I think boys is Boise still undefeated in the Mountain West. Yeah, they, they are the Mountain. Yeah, so like they, they it finally gave them the impetus to get rid of those two people, and all Boise State fans are thankful for Utah for beating. Yeah, they're them, all just is, super happy about it. They're like, hey, come on, UTEP, you deserve a bowl game after helping us out. <laughs> it was the, the UTEP Yip Yips game. Um, yeah, Boise 20, Wyoming 17. Yeah, I mean, this com- one, yeah, this, I'm just going to go. I'll go for this one. So this was this was just like a back and forth. As as we said, this is a lopsided uh, matchup that, that Boise has beaten Wyoming 15 out of the 16 times they've played. Wyoming has only beaten Boise once. Okay. Uh, and so the only time that they beat Boise was in 2016. It was the safety, the safety dance with the hip thrust, the famous uh, Wyoming, I guess, uh, gif here. So Wyoming's leading this game 10 uh, 0. Boise starts to fight back. Boise takes the lead 13 uh, 10. Then Wyoming takes the lead back on like an 83 yard touchdown run. So it's 17 13. Then Wyoming, uh, then Boise takes the lead back. It's 2017. Now, this bizarre series of plays happens at the end. It is just so ridiculous. Uh, so Wyoming has a chance to, to come tie or win the game. So Wyoming, they get to their, their own 29. Then they throw an interception. So Boise is basically trying to run out the clock at this point. I, I don't think really... Uh, Wyoming has any timeouts or maybe have like one left yeah. and Boise tries to run in, in this situation. Then Boise fumbles. So Boise fumbles, Wyoming picks up the ball and they're trying to run it back all the way. And they get all the way to like Boise's 21. And so now there's like 39 seconds left. Wyoming has the ball on Boise's 21. They're in prime position to at field least get a field goal, at least, yeah. at least get a field goal, uh, maybe win the game. First pass, Wyoming interception. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it was just like, oh. you could believe it. Like, he threw it in double coverage. Like, it, it was almost like oh. the Boise cornerback ran the route for the wide receiver. It was the, it I, was, I, I rewatched it was, this. It was just, oh, my God, heartbreak. I, I feel so bad for the Wyoming fans. Uh, I'm sure Boise fans don't feel bad for Wyoming fans. But – uh, Boise clinched the Mountain West Mountain Division. They are now, uh, I believe, was it their eight and three or nine and three overall? Eight and three overall, and seven and zero in the Mountain West. So they're going to be hosting the the Mountain West Championship game in the Blue Turf now. Uh, so a little more Mountain West fun. We have Utah State over San Jose State. 
Sorry, I lost my scores real fast. Uh-oh. Yeah, so uh, this one was a fun back-and-forth game. It, it was like there's, there's like Utah and Oregon going on right now and nobody really doing anything in the game. I'm watching this one on, I think it was on FS1. And, you know, I, this one just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, I mean, it's just lead changes after lead changes. I mean, it was like Utah State was up 28-16. I'm like, okay, I think this is kind of it. San Jose State, 28-23. Then they get it to 31-28. Uh, San Jose State's leading. Then Utah State um, gets gets a touchdown to take the lead. So, San Jose State tries to get um, a first down, and, and they don't. Then Utah State's about to kick a field goal to make it like 38-31. I'm sorry. And what happened is is that the – I think this was a, a nice little flop job by the uh, the Utah State kicker. Yeah. Uh, a little floppy, but you could – he sold it pretty well. And it just like running into the kicker gets them a first down. And then they run out the clock. So Utah State is now bowl eligible, um, which is great. So both San Jose State and 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 Utah State are both bowl eligible. Uh, I just imagine where Utah State was when they lost that game to like Weber State and they got blown out by Weber State. Yeah, uh, they they fought back in the Mountain West and they they they've just found ways to win, and now they're bowl eligible. Do you know who's not going to be bowl eligible? UNLV. Nope. UNLV lost to Hawaii. 31-25 on the island. And that puts them out of bowl eligibility. UNLV, after such a good start, they've lost six in a row. Like, the skid just kept going. Hawaii looked really good this week. That was definitely one of the better games they've played this year. Hawaii definitely seems to be having fun, which I think is the most important thing right now because they were miserable for so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Beth, let me tell you about a coin flip. Okay. Okay. You're going to make the noise, right? Yeah, I'll put the coin flip in here. Okay. So the Ohio Valley Conference for football, they have seven teams, but they don't play a round robin schedule. And it just so happens that the two teams, UT Martin and Southeast Missouri, did not play each other this year. Tiebreaker one, two, and three were all inconclusive. Tiebreaker four is a coin flip. And the person, the team that gets the coin flip, gets the automatic bid for I love this so much. And so it happened. And Ohio Valley Conference goes, well, we'll be streaming it live from our Twitter page. Oh my so gosh. In the middle of all these games, we're watching a coin flip. And it was the least ceremonial coin flip you've ever seen. It was this sort of like little old woman who's like, do I stand here? Okay, I'm going to stand here. I've got a coin. We're going to flip it. Okay, what, what are we going to call? And off camera, you hear, Tails never fails. Okay, is that Tails? Okay. But the quality of the camera and the broadcast was so bad, they flipped it. And they go, oh, it's heads. And they zoom in. And you can't see what it actually is. It just <laughs> looks like pixelated mess. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> but apparently that meant that Southeast Missouri State got it. And they're in the FCS playoffs. UT Martin is not. I mean, even in in soccer, whenever they have two teams, they have to do something like this. They'll put two balls in a bowl and they'll swish them around and there'll be a whole thing. No, this was just like someone in, it looked like, you know, an office annex flipping a coin and hitting the ground. It was hilarious. Did, did they explain like who this person was? No. Like, 
No. Nope. So, oh, I wanted to be like, they just like went into Costco and found somebody in the back by the rotisserie chickens and were like, hey, do you have a couple of minutes? It felt like that. It was, it, it was such a, it, it like, it, it, they knew this was the possibility. I don't know why they didn't, you know, plan it slightly better. What? In this kind of a situation, like, I love that. I would also love it if you can get like your live mascot to choose yes. somehow. Like that would also be wonderful. Or that's your tiebreaker. The two mascots leg wrestle or something. Like whatever. Yeah. What is it like? Is it the uh, the zoo in Germany that has the octopus that chooses World Cup games? That was that was Pulpo Paul. He was in Spain, I believe. Thanks. He passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Yeah, they're not the most long lived of things. No, so. yeah, that's I, I realized that after I was like, oh, maybe he'll be here for this World Cup. No, he's been dead for like no. ten years. <laughs> oh well. So yeah, that coin flip was absolutely bizarre. We need more invertebrates picking games. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the the best part for me, it was just so many in the replies were just. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop the invertebrate picking games. Sorry, yeah, I'm, <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling at this point. Just like I'm like, okay, uh, all right. I, I think I'll gather myself. All right. So the the reply was like, well, apparently they drew the, like names to see who would call the coin toss. But, yeah. Well, how did they decide who would draw first? Was it a coin flip? Another <laughs> so, and I was it's like. Just- it just it's goes just on. coin flips the whole way down. So, I mean, this is, like, funny for us when we did the coin flip chaos week that they actually had, like, an actual coin flip to determine. I, I kind of wanted UT Martin to get it so they would get the auto bid because Southeastern Missouri would have probably made it yeah. as an at-large team. So I feel bad for Dressel Wynn and the Skyhawks of UT Martin. Uh, Kamish, who's our clock commander of the week? So I got a couple of nominations. I, I mentioned, I feel like I'm forgetting one and I cannot remember it. So maybe I can't remember it either. Not, I'm looking at these. Not, I can't remember the third. There was a third one. I, I don't remember who it was. Uh, it may come to me in the middle of doing this. So we had uh, Lincoln Riley in, in the UCLA USC game. Uh, Lincoln Riley went to go call a timeout to avoid a delay a game, but the snap wasn't delayed. And then he argued with the official that he didn't call it. Uh, then they showed a replay of Lincoln <laughs> Riley actually calling the timeout. Like, I mean, just like in the 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 face and the, the side judge, I guess, doesn't give him the timeout right away. Yeah. Uh, but then the head ref, you know, makes him use the timeout. And Lincoln Riley is like yelling on the field. Like, I didn't mean to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do that. And then like everybody saw on the replay, he totally, <laughs> and it was like one of those like brazen, like timeout, like cocky. Timeout oh yeah. No, it calls. was, it was big. It was big. It was big. It was like timeout. It's just like, it was just way, <laughs> like way emphatic timeout. It wasn't like, you know, a little tiny, like timeout. No, he, he went kind of crazy with that one. Um, <laughs> then the other one was Kurt Ferentz, which I talked about earlier. Uh, his his kicker, which I believe is like a freshman uh, kicker. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and he basically called a timeout before like a 22-yard field goal to win the game, essentially, against Minnesota. And he he calls a timeout. He, like, he iced his own kicker. Ference's dedication 
to a hatred of offense is just breathtaking at yeah, times. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like, I hate all offense, including our offense. <laughs> like, I just, I just need enough points to win this game. Um, but the points call come it from off. defense. Yes. I was like, no, the points should come from the defense. They should not come from offense. Uh, his kicker, like, barely, like, scooted the ball in. I mean, just, just scooched past the left upright. Uh, to, to get that in and to make it 13-10. Um, I think I got to give it to Lincoln Riley this week, personally, yeah. because that was, like, he got caught in a lie. Like, and then, like, the emphatic, like, arrogant timeout call. I, I'm going to have to give it to, to Lincoln Riley. Uh, Absolutely. For, so, Lincoln Riley, clock commander of the week for your timeout call that you said you didn't try to call. When we totally saw you try to call it. We all saw you do it. (laughs) We all saw you, Lincoln. We all saw you. Everyone saw. Everyone saw. Okay, guys. We need to let Beth get to sleep. It's late on the East Coast. We will see everyone for our preview of Rivalry Week, sort of, except for the ones that were played this week. Kamish, you got anything else? No, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for for listening to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, download. Do we do we need them to like rate and subscribe or nah, whatever? It's, it's, it's fine. We're good. I, I mean, it doesn't matter like with us. We're just doing this for fun. So again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're, we're going to do another one on Tuesday. So you'll have something to listen to over Thanksgiving and, and you can avoid your family. So uh, listen to our podcast and avoid your family. Eat some turkey, whatever you got to do. So we'll, we'll be here for you. Sounds good.